You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next... Yes, another episode of Black Hollywood Live. Next, we are here in studio. You know how we do every single week. We have an amazing, amazing guest in Hollywood. We're going to have an amazing guest this week. It's no different. I'm one of your hosts, Megan Thomas, at MegScoop on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Periscope. And I'm your co-host, James Ward III. You can find me at James Ward, III across all platforms. Yes, and this guy is amazing. You've seen him on OWN on the haves and have-nots. He's handsome. He's really, really talented. Give it up for the one and only Gavin Houston. Wow. Yes, thank you. Wow. What an introduction. Yeah, because you're worthy of that. Well, thank you. I appreciate oh, it. You this, your, your, this, your, your this is my music. This is my theme song. This is what you walk. Out, you gotta come I'm walking out, like, out to the ring right now. <laughs> Well, before we get started with all about you, we're going to talk about some things going on in the world. Let's talk about what's going on in casting. Usually, usually we talk about what's going on in casting with a movie or a film, but now we're going to talk about what's going on in casting at the SAG Awards. SAG so black. That is the hashtag <laughs> that was used in opposition of Oscar so white. Because at the SAG Awards, uh, we made history, y'all. We made history. Uh, Idris Elba won two awards. Queen Latifah, Viola Davis, Uzo Aduba all won awards as well, which is the most that has ever happened at the SAG Awards. And if you look it up, it's actually more melanin on that stage than has ever been on the Oscar stage since 2007. But you know, that out there. but with that, Megan, <laughs> I think one of the reasons being is that the Academy, as we mentioned in, um, I think maybe a week or so ago, uh-huh. is represented by primarily older white men. And, but the SAG Awards, what right. makes it so unique is it's actors voting for actors. Right, right, right. So it's more representative of what the industry really is. Right, right, right. Is that, what about, um, so Gavin, for you, I mean, you're an actor. You're, this is, this directly affects you as a black man in America. You're an actor. How do you feel about this whole controversy? controversy, especially with the fact that you have Oscar so white, now there's SAG so black. Like, how does that make you feel as a black man? I mean, it just shows that, you know, I, I there's, there needs to be some changes made. You know, it needs to be almost like an even playing field. Right. And uh, like you just stated, in terms of the the, the actors, when they can vote, they'll just vote for the, the best performance, and it'll be colorless. It won't be swayed. It won't be. It won't have any of that. Right, right. So I think um, you walk outside, there's diversity everywhere. Yeah. So why wouldn't we have that in a panel of judges, you know, to, I mean, if we can really judge art, but at least, you know, different people will affect them differently, you know, right. different cultures and types of people are represented. What do you think about, because I'm torn with this when, mm. you know, you've got Janet Huber telling people don't <laughs> go to the Oscars because they didn't vote for, they didn't put any of us on the list. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because right. I'm torn. So, I, for me, I I don't I don't agree with doing it like that. Right. Meaning, dictating to other people what you, they should do. Right. Because of your opinion of something. There are different ways of sharing your opinion to bring attention to an issue mm-hmm. without telling people what they need to do to make it. If that's something you want to do, then that's fine. Right. I think every person has their own right to make their own you know, opinion of how they want to treat it. But 
absolutely there should be light shed on this, right. you know, but I don't know about telling people not to. To, I know, and, to, and telling people, you know. telling Chris, like, you better not get on that stage. I'm like, wait, you gonna take the one black spot we got at the right. Oscars? We need How that black you spot. That? You know, <laughs> and, and and what's that gonna do? What's that gonna right, prove? Right. You know, but, you know, he, I am curious to see if he actually changed his script. Oh, I'm sure. Wait, he wait, did. wait, wait. What did he? What did he say? What well, did he, apparently he, like, he rewrote his entire, all of his jokes, everything. Once this whole Oscar so white thing happened, he was like, okay, so now basically he's probably gonna be roasting the Oscars, <laughs> roasting <laughs> all of the, you know, the everyone who voted, and say, hey, I'm making fun of you guys. Now, I have a question for the two of you. Yeah, sure. go ahead. Um, why do you think this is happening now? You know, of all the Oscar ceremonies, of all the nominees that that right. there have been, you know, of color and and winners of color, like why now is all this attention brought onto it? Right. Do you feel? I mean, I think it's because the whole. I think racial tensions are just high in this country. Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. We've had a sure. lot. You know, in 2015, that was huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it. Everybody, everywhere you went, there's somebody talking about mm-hmm. it, whether they were black or not. So I mm-hmm. think that's just in the forefront of people's mind. They're like, ah, now it happens again in the Oscars. You know, now we don't have the hashtag, the thing that's going on with, you know, outside of Hollywood. Now it's affecting Hollywood as well. It's always affected Hollywood, but it's now that there's a spotlight yeah. on it. Which is great. And I also yeah. think that actually in terms of the progression of the industry, the Academy is the one entity that is actually kind of behind the TV yeah. Academy is eons beyond the Film Academy. Yeah, you know what I mean? True, yeah. And the SAG Awards. So I think it's now just kind of that spotlight is happening because they're the times are changing and they're not keeping up. Yeah. Why do you think it is? I agree with both of the <laughs> things that you both said. It's just it's time. Right. And so many things, the world is changing around us, and you have to move with the change of right. the times. So it's just time to get with it, and it's just time to make it just about the art and the only way you can make it about the art is just to have an even you know equal playing field of of people who are judging it right and you are on an amazing tv station that does that as well shout out to oprah for giving us some opportunities yes (laughs) and giving us some employment thank you shout out to oprah and tyler (laughs) (laughs) well let's talk about what's hot in music what's the fresh beats looking like this week fresh beats this week is coming from british singer zane okay who auditioned for the british uh reality tv competition the x factor Uh after being eliminated as a solo artist he was brought back with four other members to form a group that we know one direction one direction yeah well let's listen to that song (laughs) Climb on board We'll go slow and high tempo Light and dark Hold me hard and mellow I'm seeing the pain, seeing the pleasure Nobody but you, body but me, body but us, bodies together I love to hold you close tonight and always. So in March 2015, he announced his career as a solo artist. Um, his debut studio, uh, solo studio album entitled Mind of Mine is slated to release on March 25th of this year, preceded by this uh, single that he just dropped. I just want to say this, though. I'm looking at this video here. Well, explicit. Zane, whoa. What's the, your One Direction fans can't watch this. It's artistic. Well, you know, there's actually, to that note, I read something, too, about, um, you know, he's Muslim. Yeah. And so some people in the Muslim community have voiced his uh, their disapproval oh, yeah. of this type of imagery not represented representing you know their right. culture correctly. What do you think about this music, Gavin? I think it sounds like uh, Drake. Like it sounds very like I, f- I feel like it's the same producer or they're they're using the same kind of. Um, I like the book. song, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like I uh, 
It feels like I almost think like if I just listen to the song, I don't see the artist. Right. Like I feel like there were like three different artists I could say that could be them. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, what I was thinking that too. The tone, yeah. the the pacing, the sound. Um, it's easily a beepster. It's easily a throwback yeah. to New Kids on the Block. I Absolutely. can even see Usher doing it. It's it's quite Absolutely. It's very mm-hmm. Usher. Like it's a Chris Brown also. Chris Brown. <laughs> like, is that you, Chris? Um, I, well, I don't know. The music all is starting to sound the same to me. I'm just waiting for that, you know, 90s R&B to come back. Oh, my gosh. How good was the music Sweet in the 90s? Spot. It was. I think it was the best. It was I know. The best. SWV, come back hard. Please, <laughs> Total, where are you? All right. And what's going on with the next big thing, the tech stuff? Tech stuff. So there's this flashlight called the X800. Okay. Now, most people, you know, we all have flashlights, right? Right. So there's this one that's come, that's actually now, um, they've sold 20,000 units. Okay. This Wait, month what's alone. what's so special about the flashlight? So this, it's called the Shadowhawk X800, and it's a new military-grade tactical flashlight that's on sale to the general public. Um, so this flashlight's LED technology is used by the U.S. Navy, the uh, Coast Guard. Um, so if you drop it, the batteries won't fall out. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. right. Firemen, policemen, U.S. search and rescue. So it's a really, you know, intense light. Oh, it's like a spotlight. So exactly. When like, oh, so you guys so can now... see the pictures up there. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's quite intense. Wow. And it's like a really small one, too, right? It's mm-hmm. like it's the size of a pen or something. It's like that long. And there's people who have been <gasps> tweeting and have already been using it. That's dangerous. Um, you shouldn't yeah. give that to the general public. You shouldn't. And they're on sale for $200. However, there are online sites you can find right now that are selling them up to <gasps> 75% off. Mm-mm. But, you know, their biggest tagline about it is that it's promoting um, personal safety mm-hmm. um, in case there's a natural disaster or a potential attacker. What? It can blind it can like blind you for longer than like three minutes. That's okay. So somebody's wow. gonna get a car accident because <laughs> some kids are be like, ha ha, blind no, you. It's, it's, it's about the size of like uh it's like it's, it's like little. It's little. There it is. Oh, right like there. that. Yeah. Like it'll fit mm-hmm. in the in your palm of your hand. You no, know, I have little... one of those like that in my car. Right, but, but it's oh, not yeah. gonna blind somebody <laughs> yeah. in oncoming traffic. You know, like when you you know someone takes a flash and it's like you kind of blink for a little bit. Right. This will last for like up to three minutes if this the flash is so in dangerous. Eyes. Yeah, if it's yeah. in your if it's in your eyes, dead in your eyes. Why yeah. do you need that? It's so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they fear that um, people need. Okay, well, don't nobody flash that in my eye, please. Please. Please don't. All right. Let's talk about you, Gavin. Yes. You are oh, such an interesting you. guy. What made uh. you want to be an actor, and, and did you always know you wanted to be an actor? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I was always, like, a, a performer uh-huh. and just never shy and just bold, and I, I always inter- enjoyed entertaining people when I was okay. little. And uh, my sister was a model, and uh, we were friends with... Keisha Knight Pulliam's mm-hmm. mom, okay. and we knew of her manager, which, who was in town. So my dad was bringing my sister, and then they just brought me along. And uh, they saw me, and they gave me something to read, and I was like, okay, I could do this. <laughs> so I read it, and uh, they wanted to work with me and not my sister. <gasps> oh, oh, was she mad? Yeah. For a little bit. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for a little bit. But, um, but then I just, uh, I just fell in love with it, just being able to affect people to communicate my artistry to just have that ability to perform and i was doing a lot of theater so just uh-huh. feeling that energy that mm-hmm. live energy because all acting is is born in a the theater you know mm-hmm. and that's so that really exchange. yeah it's mm-hmm. just honest things happen mistakes happen and it's just real and you know it's 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 live what was the first uh, tv show or film that you did that you were like oh my god the gosh. cosby show Right. Yeah. So when you watched yourself, was it like we're gonna have a viewing party at the house? No, like, are you like, kidding me? I was so scared. How and old were you on then? I was eleven. Oh wow! And uh, I didn't like the attention of it. You know, in terms of like people were making it a big deal of it, especially uh-huh. in school. And I was getting teased. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't like it because I've never been one to like like a lot of attention 
But, you know, certain things, doing something like being an actor, you're going to have a lot right. of eyes on you. So um, it made me nervous. and But it was such a great experience. I remember I got to dance with Felicia Rashad. Uh-huh. And um, I was just nervous. Because at that point, it was like a huge, the biggest show on TV. It was, yes. yeah. Yeah, So And then after that, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then I left it in college. And then I, I remember I did a, a, a play... I was in, I started to like crash the auditions because I was like, oh, I want to act again. And I wasn't in the theater department. So mm-hmm. I started crashing a lot of those auditions. And then I, um, I got into the department, started doing plays. I invited my dad again to a play and he thought he was going to be in the crowd with me. Not that he didn't think I was going to be on stage. Uh. He saw me on stage and then he gave me his blessing. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to be doing this and that's it. That's good. Yep. So that's my story. Did you ever have like a weird job? Like to support your your passion. I was a well to support my passion. So this is after college. Um, I remember I uh, I I used to make uh, I had a job where I was making uh, balloons like balloons <laughs> like into the, like dogs. Twist them and you twist them. Wait, yeah. you can make like, like balloon animals? No, I can't do that. It popped. <laughs> I, I, it popped so many times, and it was like scared the kids a lot. You know, I was just doing it oh, at parties. No. And I was just like, and then, you know, I'd make dogs, I'd make dinosaurs, I'd make all kinds of things. But, hey, it was 50-50, like, half of them would pop, half of them, <laughs> and I would just figure out new ways, but, oh, okay. So you were that balloon guy that would come to a kid's party and they would get mad because you... Yeah, because so I wasn't that good at making the balloons. Well, good thing you got fired. So, yeah, so, yeah, it was good that I got fired, yeah. <laughs> good job. So, good job. so do you prefer TV versus, uh, you know, film versus theater, or what's, what's really your root with that? Prefer theater. Oh, I think I'll always prefer theater. Um, because, you know, there's times with TV and, you know, film, like, we got to get the shot, so we need you to look here, and this person's going to look... And so it's, like, recreated. Mechanical. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little bit. Theater just has a natural flow. Like, it's going from start to finish, and we're going to get there, and we're going to have this journey. And there's been times things have been set wrong. There was one time I did a Shakespeare play. I couldn't get my sword out to tell my army to go into battle. So you just have to, like adjust you right. know and yeah. it's just alive and um and then there's also just the energy the energy of the audience like right then and there and sometimes things you think that would be funny they don't laugh at and you wait for it and like, okay that's not funny and then something happens and now they start laughing so right. it's just like it's just it's just um in the moment and it's just live and i think uh, i think it's better than but the one thing i will say about film and th- and um and tv is seeing it the after once it's all been edited, like uh-huh. the, they put the the score over it and this and that. Like um, I just did the uh, Tony Braxton movie where I played mm-hmm. Babyface, right. and like I was like, wow, I can sing on this because I had to sing uh-huh. in real life because they need to see what's perfect happening. casting. By the way, I have to say yes. that it's you, uh, exactly you like exactly like him. Well, you know, I used to get teased <laughs> about that um, growing up. So it was like, as soon as I got it, I was like, I was like, all right, I'm putting it on Facebook. So everybody from high school and junior high, mm-hmm. like, after I do this, it is over. It is high done. They, see, they spoke it into existence. They, but they, they did it. speak it into existence, and um, it was an honor to um, to play it. And I, I was out of the, the, the final few, I was selected actually by him. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I really, really, like, focused on everything about him. And uh, But we, we had a lot of rehearsals. We had a lot of uh, choreography. And, um, but hearing his voice over my performance singing, it was like, wow. <laughs> now I'm you like, want, man, I can sing. I can sing. You know, I know I can't, but it's just like nice to like, it really looks like I can sing. I was like, that's, that sounds good. So that was cool. What was it like 
talking with him, you know, because you have to play somebody in real life that is living versus, you know, playing somebody on the haves and haves not. Mm. Who is a fictional character? Well, I never got to actually meet him. Um, but I felt like there's a lot of things that are just similar. Mm-hmm. Like there's, a, there's like I'm kind of more soft-spoken in, in a lot of ways and just um, and just really about the art and just really like – we had almost – it's funny because we had a, a – when we had our table read, uh, Tony Braxton was there mm-hmm. and she would just look. She was like, oh, this is so much like Kenny. Like, there's so <laughs> much like him. So I think just, just having certain things – Finding the similarities and being able to like raise those, and then finding little things like, um, you know, just and asking lots of questions. Like I asked a lot of questions, but it was um, it was really it was really cool, and it was but it was a huge responsibility because right, you right. know, if you don't do it right, right. you're going to hear about it, right. and they will let you know because there are too many fans for you to mess it up. Right. So, um, but it was well received, and. Um, you know, so I'm just, I'm glad everybody was really happy about it. That's good. Awesome. That's good. That's good. So you moved from L.A. Mm-hmm. to, I mean, you from, moved from New York City area, Jersey, that's mm-hmm. where you're from. Jersey. You moved from that area doing Broadway. You came out here to L.A. to do TV and film. What was that transition like? Because that's pretty tough. Um, It was hard. I uh, I missed home. I, so many people told me don't do it, mm-hmm. you know. But for me, I've always been like, more people say, don't do that, or you can't do this, or it won't work out more. I'm like, mm, I'm, right, I'm doing right. it. You know, yeah. I can't. That's the best motivational speech I've ever gotten is when the people who said what I couldn't do. Uh-huh. So um, it was tough. It was tough initially because you just, you miss the comfort of it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes comfort can be the most dangerous thing okay. to have, you yeah. know, because yeah. it, it can prevent you from, from growing or continuing to, to take risks. Mm-hmm. So um, that initially was bad. But you know what? I had some nice weather and some palm trees <laughs> and some beaches. And so I was able to get past it. And I was right. like, you know Even what? Even on a bad day, you're like, you know? No you snow. Know what? This is not too bad. You know? No snow. All these places I can get all these green juices and right. people jogging and dogs. And this is, yeah. So it was a little bit different. But um, but it was cool. I, and I'm, I'm so thankful that I did it. Mm-hmm. And then you're on a, a bunch of, of soap operas, okay? So all these old ladies in middle America know your face. <laughs> Guiding yeah. Light, General yeah, Hospital. Yeah. Yep, yep, started off. So then, so what was that like to be, be on such iconic soap operas? Um, it was interesting because it was, um, it was a little bit intimidating. Um, because so many of those soap operas have the same people right. that people have grown to love. And so you're kind of like, the new fish, the new guy on the block, and there are these staple people. So, you know, it was a little bit intimidating, and I, I always wanted to add a different flair to it. So, you know, with those roles, but I will say this, it was it's like boot camp, and I think it was the best preparation to be on the haves and the have-nots now because I, I, we, we move pretty quickly, and that's but that's because, you know, Tyler trusts that we can, we can do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's a similar style. Um, but, uh, the amount of material that we have to, to do and the depth and the drama and, and how deep it goes, I just feel like that was the best training, those, those initial soaps, you know, to have it. So speaking of Tyler Perry, so you played Jeffrey Harrington, right? I played Jeffrey mm-hmm. Harrington. Yes. You played Jeffrey who, I, by the way, I was watching this, the clip of when you guys, 
you and Tika Sumter are there, oh. and you killed Quincy. That's the name, right? Oh, we qu- we killed Quincy. You're like, we killed the man. Blood pretty bad. Me. I was like, oh, this is good <laughs> yeah. drama. I'm like, you're yep. not good, popcorn. Dad. Oh, thank I know. You. <laughs> I can like, popcorn for this. So, of course, you play Jeffrey Harrington, and you get to work with Tyler Perry. Yeah. What is that like? We've had a lot of people who are on different shows come in here and talk about working with Tyler. They love it, but they're just like, it's intense. So what is that like working with him? Well, I think, you know, they always say um, part of the, the director's hardest, the hardest part of his job happens during the casting. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the work happens to know that you're going to cast the right people. Right. Um, and then after that, so you come in already with certain expectations because he knows that he, he's casted you for a reason. So you, you come in and he's, he's going to work you, you right. know. But through it all, he, it's collaborative. And he's there and he's also an actor. So he knows how to get you to the places that he needs you to get to. He's very patient with us. Um, and uh, so I, I really appreciate that. And he just really makes sure that the actor is always knowing what's going on, very comfortable with it. And regardless of what's happening around it or the pacing that we're taking. Um, so I think it's great. I think it's great because um, he's just just normal. He's right. just like anybody else. So it's just just like it's just fun, you know. So yeah, yeah. And how like when you found out you got the role, what was that like for you? Oh, when I found out I got the role, I um, I remember I like literally like almost like dropped to my knees because I was working on something else at the time and I had to fly out um, like that. I think it was like early the next morning. And uh, I knew I was going to have time to change, mm-hmm. so I was in my suit, and it was getting all... I had to wear... I wore, like, a shirt and tie, and I think it was getting all wrinkled. I'm like, oh, man. And I was exhausted because <laughs> I was still working. But um, I went, and initially the character was going to be a counselor. Mm-hmm. And um, I got there late, and they had... So they had to put me in, the, in, a, in a room, because there were some other people screen testing. They put me in a room with a girl who was um, going for uh, auditioning for Candace's role. Mm-hmm. And uh, so because I was late, I just had to take her room. I didn't get my own like everybody else. And she kind of, she had a nervous breakdown in it. Oh, my god! So I, I, I like, started to calm her, started to just what a counselor would do. And wow. she was like, okay. She was so thankful. She was like, well, let's let's go over your scene a little bit. And I was like, okay. And um, I felt confident, but I was like, okay, if you want to do it. So I went over the scene with her. Mm-hmm. And she said, I have an idea about something, just about that opening part. I think it would be almost nice to ha- do this. And I was like, oh, well, all right. I didn't really think about it um, just to just to start the scene. And um, I uh, so I auditioned, and I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. And then I got brought back in to read alongside Angela Robinson, who plays Veronica, who plays my mom on the show. Right. And I was so nervous. And I lo- I had the first line, couldn't remember it at all. Oh, wow. So I'm like, and it was so quiet. And I know Tyler's <laughs> watching, all the producers. But I remembered what she suggested. And it was just laughter. And I did that. And immediately I felt comfortable. And I got into my first line. Uh. And it came to me. So almost being there for her helped, you know, kind of was a blessing in the right. skies because it, she put something on it and it, it just and I was just like I didn't know what else to do but I remembered that so I did that and all of a sudden everything just came to me because I just laughing and smiling got me to calm down that's awesome see because yeah. I know you're probably in there like I do not have time I was like calming this girl down I know. get it together <laughs> I was like now you put me in this room with this right. I just got off the plane I'm trying to relax and, get, and 
So yeah. Better count your blessings. That <laughs> right. is awesome, exactly. awesome, awesome. <laughs> so then, of course, um, you know, you've been in a lot of different TV shows. You've done a lot of different projects. Mm-hmm. So far, what has been your most favorite? This one, the haves and have-nots. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of of what I've learned, um, the growth that's happened, what's been asked of me as well. Um, just playing a, a character that's that's challenging, that's so opposite from me. Right. Um, just also playing a character that has affected so many people mm-hmm. and has had such a great positive response. And so so many people are kind of living vicariously because they can they can. Um, they can compare it to their own life experiences, whether with their sexuality, with their parents, with their, you know. Um, because I, I played Jeffrey Harrington, who's a gay character. Mm-hmm. So just how he how he had to come out to his family, I mean, all that stuff is just huge, you know. So, so many people have lived that. Right. So um, this one has just taught me so much, and, um, and I've had to just learn so much, and I've been given so much. So it's been a huge opportunity, a huge challenge, and... A huge blessing. In, in the right, end. right, right, right. And so then, you know, you've been. Uh, so you talked about this role. You've been uh, many crazy guys on on the different soap operas. Mm-hmm. So then, in the future, what would you like to play? What would be your ideal role? I've always um, wanted to play a cop or a detective. My dad was in uh, forensics, and uh, and I never forget. Wow. I forget he gave like a speech. Um, at one of my like junior high school and um, and he and I didn't know what he was had set up but I guess I got some of my performing from him he when everybody sat down he ran in in this crazy looking outfit grabbed something like a thief and then ran out the other door and then he came down as himself like in his suit Mm -hmm. and then said you know something just happened like you know what are the clues that we can find from this Mm. and he actually ran through like a a dirt pile that he left so we had his 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 uh, footprints then we had you know fingerprints from what he touched oh, wow. so i always thought being a, a detective and just putting together the the pieces and the puzzles um and i watched like the first 48 i watched a lot of other like detective <laughs> shows i law and orders i love all of them so i think if i could play a, some sort of a cop I, I i would love to do that and just be in some sort of like action and gunfire and all that. I love that stuff. And a lot of stunts. I love that. You know, it's going to happen. Scenes. Because I thought you had played a cop before. I've I never played a cop. I, I played a bad guy and I've had to do fight scenes and I have a martial arts background. Right. And a gymnast. I used to be a gymnast. So action um, and um, and action is, is and drama is, is, is what I would love to love to do. So speaking of gymnastics and martial mm-hmm. arts, how did you even get in, in, involved with that? Um... My sister started gymnastics oh, no. <laughs> again. Yo, you owe your you life to, to your sister. I, still is, I do, I she do. She probably is still mad at She you. got into gymnastics first. She got into it first, and then they just brought me along again. And oh, I was like, man. wow, this is really good. And then she, like, the attention went to me, and then I started uh, competing. And this was in the 80s. So I did stuff with, like, some of the Olympians, like Mary Lorette and Bart oh, Connor, cool. Mitch Gaylord. And, um, and at one point, I think when I was 11 or 12, I was ranked number two in the state and like seven in the region in terms of my class oh, so wow. I got deep into it and you never forget that stuff I can yes. still do handstand push-ups splits standing back tops so yeah yeah. so yeah, I wish we had the space here yeah, had the space where I could <laughs> prove, it, prove, prove it. it and break my neck in these shoes no um, so I would love to I love like martial arts and being able to use that and like a and play a cop and and blow stuff up like 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 bad boys five I'm ready for it right, right. <laughs> you know 
So, um, so yeah, that would be that would be awesome. How, I, I think you're the first male gymnast I've ever met. I was just thinking about it? that. Fitness is a huge part of me, and mm-hmm. I'm also a uh, vegetarian. So I've oh, been cool. vegetarian for about like eight years now. Like, what oh, kind I'm, of vegetarian? Because you know, there's different types. Oh, I know. I I almost was gonna say vegan, but I'm not 100 percent vegan. Okay. Because I do eat egg whites. Okay. So okay. that's where I eat a ton of egg whites. So where someone would have meat, I'm eating egg whites. So I have your protein. Like, yeah. Yeah. I literally, like I, I have a huge pot that cooks like six to seven dozen sometimes. Really? Oh my gosh. Yep. And I eat six to seven per meal. I okay. Wow. So here's the thing: because I used to be pesca vegan. Pesca, pesca vegan. That's the first time I've heard I looked, that. I thought I like created that, but apparently it's already I a thing. There's think like a website. You might have created. That. I didn't. I thought I was doing something genius, but no, I was vegan, but I ate fish. Right. So that was so it. You got it. Got it. Um, but now I'm trying to decide what I want to be. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know where the line it should be drawn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know if I should just be vegetarian. What kind of vegetarian? A like, is it a pescatarian? Well, I always, I always, um, and I studied nutrition. I went into college like uh, pre med, so I studied mm-hmm. a lot of nutrition. And I always think it's best for people to find themselves and find what works for them. I can't stand Absolutely. when vegetarians are pushing things Absolutely. on people or telling them what they need to do. I think if anything, you present what works for you, mm-hmm. so they have the information and they then can encourage try it. people. Mm-hmm to do their own research and use their own body to experiment with and right. see what makes your body feel energized and feel like your your, your mood feel good. So you, you have to literally just just experiment and investigate it on your own and then do your own research. And listen to your body. And listen to your body. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the best that's the best thing. And, and, you know, seeing what you feel, doing your research, trying certain things. That's what I did. And then I was like, because I've been on both sides of it. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is what works for me. You know, What, what made you say, okay, I'm going to stop eating meat? I knew the health benefits. Uh-huh. If, if, I, if I stopped, if I cut it down, if I stopped, I knew the health benefits. I saw a movie called Earthlings. I saw it once, and I stopped everything but chicken. I saw it again. <laughs> done. I was done. <laughs> that chicken, we had a height. That chicken, I'm, 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 like, I'm holding on to you, chicken. You're not going anywhere. I saw it again. I was like, all right, fine, chicken. And so then, you know, when I saw it again, I then I was like, okay, but I'm going to do this intelligently. I'm going to make sure that I get the protein is a huge thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I also found out that the cleanest protein was the was egg whites, meaning your body uses the net utilization egg whites is 90 something percent versus meat where it's like 70 something Uh. what it actually uses versus what it'll get rid of through its kidneys so when i found that it was so high in egg whites and clean i was like okay i just need to eat more of this so i started just eating more of it and i felt great Mm -hmm. and i didn't lose i i work out so i didn't lose any muscular size or anything like that and i was like i can do this did i just made that the new habit and And then how many years has it been now eight Oh my gosh! Eight, eight, eight. Do you ever like look at something and be like, mm, I you know, almost ate you, chicken? Chicken smells good. <laughs> chicken smells good sometimes, but it's almost like after a while, you just you just like, man, it becomes good. Yeah, but you just look at it like, yeah, like you don't feel anything anymore towards it. So it's just like your body is completely reprogrammed, and literally, it's embarrassing. But sometimes I have a little thing, and I bring egg whites with me to restaurants too. Right. So sometimes that's commitment. That's commitment. Because the best part is I do it now and I just wait to see what the waiter or the waitress does when they come back. They go, so how is it? Oh. Oh. But I know I can just get some vegetables or I can get some like brown rice or something and I have my protein. Bam. Complete. You know, and I'm good. So I don't need 
anything else. Okay, see, that's good. Because I'm two weeks in being vegan. I'm trying to cleanse. I'm getting back on the horse. And that chicken looks mighty. Mm. You know, and I will <laughs> say you. this. I will say this. It's usually darkest before the dawn in the sense that the initial steam it's kind of like a like a like a rocket that initial boost is the is takes the most energy right. because you're going to get the cravings from the physical attachment to food right. certain foods the, the emotional attachment oh, to certain yes. foods so just know <laughs> but then once you, your body's like all right i guess i'm not getting this the emotional just, attachment is key oh yeah. it is it is <laughs> yeah. the wind down food everybody has their wind down food like a long day it's nighttime. Cupcakes. Mm, all yep. that stuff. Well, they oh. make vegan cupcakes. They make vegan they, no, cupcakes. They, they don't taste like a real cupcake. They don't. don't. Get it they don't. I tried those. Trust yeah. me. Okay, so let's, you're super busy. You're mm. su- you've are you got a lot of things going on. Are you in a relationship? I have someone special in my so life Someone right special. Now. How do you balance all the things that you have going on and then someone special? Um, I think... It's funny because there's, in so many ways, there's, no one has time, but I think for the things that are important to you, you make time. Oh, can you say that again? Because there's, uh, there's probably oh. a gentleman out there that needs to hear that. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, j- just, you know, I think you, you make the time for the things that are important for you. Even if you don't have it, you make it. And it could be with something subtle. Mm-hmm. It could be with just making sure that they are a part of your your process or your day or what you're going through and just incorporating or just showing, you know, showing that you're still, you're still thinking about them, caring about them, you know. So I think you, you just you find it and you make time. Um, and, you know, it's it's not as always as easy, but I think when people feel appreciated and still feel like the connection, like, okay, they're busy, but... I matter. I, yeah, I matter. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're taking me with them mm-hmm. through the busy. Even if it's just like, hey, just checking in. Hope you're having a good day. Because now we have texting. Now we have this and that. Like, there's there's ways. And I think even if it takes two minutes, you can you can make the time. Oh, you better say that. <laughs> what, what are the top three qualities for one, a significant other for you? Oh, uh, for me, um, I feel number one are they are they happy? Are they a happy person? Before I come in the mix at all, are they right. just genuinely happy in their life, in their own skin? Right. And, you know, do they know themselves? Do they know themselves? Um, that's one. Um, also, are they, um, <laughs> this goes huge for me, having street smarts. You know what I mean? <laughs> Meaning, and I mean that in the sense of like common sense and like street smarts. I know right, there's book right. smarts and there's street smarts. Right. Someone who just has a personality where like, like something could get, go down and I can look on the other side of the table and they're looking right back at me like, mm-hmm. They catch <laughs> things, you know? Right. So just having some, some, some street smarts. Um, and then just a healthy lifestyle, a healthy person, um, and someone who's just open and honest and just, like I said, I think just being, being able to almost, cause I never believed in the, like, someone completes you. Right. Yeah, no one I says, agree. walks around, I'm incomplete. I hope something can come around and complete <laughs> me. Well, people do. Well, and that's yeah. where the problem lies. That's I would where the argue. problem lies. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think as long as they're whole and complete and happy, I think it's always an addition to it. So it's not 50-50, it's 100% and 100%. Agreed. Cause you have two mm-hmm. whole people. Right. And then you can truly, like, enjoy each other. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? So we've heard all about your journey today, and it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure um, being here. What What's one piece of advice you could give someone, since your journey, everyone's journey is their own, mm-hmm. right, especially in entertainment. So what's one piece of advice you could give someone pursuing the same career? Work. And continue to, to, to keep working in the sense of 
you can always create work. Um, one of the things that, that I think are important is like, you know, every day there's something you can do towards your craft. Because right now there's somebody else on some film set and they're working. So that's almost like their class. Yeah. So even if it's doing voice work, reading scripts, going over scripts, just memorizing scripts, just even meditation, just consistently work because I know for me that helped me in some ways and it still does because there's still a ton more growth for, for me. But I'm happy to go against the person who goes to class once a week and, ta- and pass himself on the back because I know I'm daily putting in hours to make sure, you know, so that it's second nature. So I think with anything, you, you reap what you sow. So you have to put in the, put in the work. And um, there's a there's an old African um, saying, and it says, that the, the river that's for you won't run past you. And I think, like, if you put in the time and the effort and the work, I, f- I feel like it, it comes back to you. Yes, I'm over here feeling it. I'm like, yes, <laughs> love that. And before we, get, before we get out of here, where can your fans find you online? I am on, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Gavin Houston. And uh, that's it. I actually don't have an Instagram. Really? What? Everybody goes crazy. On. I know. I I think I'm like, the, I was the last person to get Facebook. So I think I'm finally going to commit to getting So Snapchat's Instagram. out of the question. Then. Snapchat is out. <laughs> I mean, I got, this is the biggest, biggest snap I got. You can snap and talk. That's my Snapchat. Right. <laughs> Make sure you guys always use our hashtag BHL next because we want to see what you're talking about, what you like, what you think. And who are you, sir? James Ward III. You can find me again at James Ward III across all social platforms. Check out Gavin and all the amazing cast on the Haves and Have Nots on OWN every Tuesday, 9, 8 Central. I'm Megan Thomas. You can get me at MegScoop on all of your social media. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye! From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live first online broadcast network dedicated to african-american entertainment for questions and comments contact us info at blackhollywoodlive.com like us on facebook tweet us or instagram us at bhl online and i am the official voice of black hollywood live Scipio, instagram at king xo bay thanks for tuning in Hollywood, Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.